Welcome back to the show. Hey. Hey. I'm Courtney. I'm Clarissa. I'm And this is 30, 30, and Dying. I just felt like bringing it in hot. That's fine. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Every time Justin walks back into a room, I say, welcome back to the show. And it makes him, I think, want to like drown me. So I thought I'd bring it to the podcast. You know what I think whenever we say welcome back? What? I think of Jeffree Star. Welcome back to my channel. Oh, yikes. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I used to. You should let me do your makeup once. Yeah, like that's fine. Like full blown do it. That's fine. Cool. Because I like to do my makeup an awful lot. And I do, you know, I paint my eyes and do weird lipstick. And I like, it's fun. It's fun for me. Yeah. Also, just, this is not what this episode is about. But no, like, not at all. <laughs> PSA, um, any dude out there who thinks that we put on makeup for them, you must be outside your mind. You might, You know how many men I got never wearing makeup? Dozens dozens um no like anybody <laughs> who thinks that you we put like girls especially do all that work and do all this glam just to like impress your dusty ass no in your levi's and your shirt that you found at the bottom of your closet absolutely not shut if, up bill if i wore makeup it would be for me yeah or That's for why you I wear it because you wanted me. to do it yeah it's it's fun it's a way of self-expression it's a way to express myself it's creative None of it was like, wow, I hope I can get some D today. <laughs> I could do that with my eyes closed. <laughs> and half. <laughs> More often than I haven't. Anyways. Oh, well. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to our channel. It's 30 during and dying. And we are talking about pretty hefty topic today. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa. Pun intended. Hefty. Hefty. Husky. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Whippy, whippy, whippy. I'm hefty and wimpy. <laughs> Anyways. Aren't we all? Um, today we're talking about weight and fat phobia and the media. Just like how we view weight and the conversation around like body positivity and body image and dysmorphia. Yeah. And all of it. Because we got it. We got it. We've, we've teased a few times that, you know, we're fat. And I don't think I'm teasing. I just straight up have said I'm fat. You're just saying it. I'm just saying it. Point blank. Point blank. In case you didn't know, we're fat. And it's something that is, you know, been part of our lives, whether we like it or not. Um, On and off for me. Same, but like, especially coming into this, again, stage of life, like Mm -hmm. we talk about on every episode, it's, you know, it's it's different than it maybe did as teenagers, but it all comes together. Yeah. Like all our views and all our, our battles or whatever, there's there's a lot to unpack in how it's our views have been shaped. Yeah. Not all of it good. Most of it probably bad. As millennials, mm. what we grew up, which we'll talk about. That's with the main. The main reason why I feel so upset is yeah. because of how I grew up. Like and toxic what, ass diet culture. Toxic. Yeah. And it's really affected a lot of us. Like- the, the 90s and the early 2000s were rough, primo, just toxic body image, diet culture. I mean, if I had a nickel, I don't know how to finish that because there's so much bad. I'd have lots of nickels. Yeah. Lots of nickels. <laughs> lots of problems. Already do. Anyways, that's what we're doing today. And we thought, since that was the primo time... Back in time. All right. 
when are we going to go back in time to? We have to tackle it. 2001. 2001. One of them years. As we were, <laughs> one of them years. <laughs> as we were doing research, though, it was like a lot of the magazine covers. It was just like evident. Like, oh, oh yeah. Dripping with that toxicity. So Toxicity in the city. The, the Sex in the City sequel they didn't make. Well, Sex in the City actually, fun fact, uh, came out in 2001. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. How about that? How about them bears? Uh, what? Whoa. I feel like I just <laughs> insulted the entire cast. Of Sex and the I'm City? I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. I just... I never watched it. Did I you? either. No, I mean, I feel like I've obviously, like, seen a few episodes here and there, but I was never, like, I never watched it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... Wasn't my thing. That's fine. But yeah, 2001. That's where we're going back to. So I was... I was 10. Did the math. Seven. Cool. Seven. So first grade-ish for me. I went to school a year late. So I was in kindergarten six, six years old in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. First grade, I was about seven. I was, I was turning six in kindergarten. Yeah, I had turned already. Like, or I don't know when school would start, but you know what Around I'm the time. End of August is my birthday. So, you know, yeah, figure it out. But yeah, so that was my, that was my age. So I was like third. Third grade? Probably. Right? Math? Probably. If you were going into first grade, I was probably, no, fourth grade. Yeah. Probably. All right. Whatever. All right. Cool. So what what was going on in 2001 for us? Um, Drops of Jupiter by Train. (sighs) Such a good song. Sex and the City, which we already said. She eats fried chicken while she does Tybo. What? It's one of the lyrics from Drops of Jupiter. I didn't know that. Yeah. One thing while you're reading is uh, when we did a couple episodes ago, we went back in time to 99 and I so wanted to bring this up and I didn't. So I'm just going to like do a quick aside if it's okay. With okay. You. You're going, you're just going back in the time machine just to hop real quick. It's an, over, it's an overarching thing though. I'm okay. going to, I'm going to bring it back. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay. So in the late nineties and the early two thousands, mm-hmm. like, like 2001 is probably the end of what I'm about to talk about. There was a lot of great music. We've said this, but I always say like, oh, I like most kinds of music except for country. But you know what I'm never talking about when I leave country out? Late 90s and early like 2000, 2001 country. Because that shit was fire. Okay? It was amazing. Just, I'm blue. I'm for you. Why can't you be blue over me? Amazing. Uh, Leanne Rhymes. Yeah. So this, there you go. Leanne Rhymes. Garth Brooks. I got friends in low places. Oh my God. I got friends in low places. places. It's fantastic. It had a great moment. And one of the songs that absolutely was like my favorite was in 99. The, I believe they're, they're going by the Chicks now. Oh, Dixie Chicks? Yes. They were Dixie I had Chicks to have then. that CD. Yes. They were Dixie Chicks then. They're the Chicks now. I respect the name change. It's fine. But they released a song in 1999 called Goodbye Earl. And I don't know if anybody else knows this song. I sure don't. It is beautiful. It is, it is, the the hook is Earl had to die. Cool. It is a story about two friends. One becomes, finds herself in an abusive relationship with a man named Earl. Oh, fuck Earl. Yeah. Earl sucks. She beats her up whatever. She does everything right. She gets a restraining order. She does all the things. 
Kills her matter. anyways. No, he doesn't kill her. Oh, okay. Okay, so, but he, he hurts Sorry, her Sorry, I, I watch a lot of... You'd think. Crime. That's where it could go. He, he And this is a beautiful up. song? This is a beautiful song. It's amazing. And so he beats her up real bad. She ends up in intensive care. Her best friend comes home. And they're like, you know what we gotta do? We gotta kill Earl. Good. And the whole rest of the song is about them murdering Earl. They poison him. And they, they take him out to a lake and they dump his body. They never get caught. They open a lovely stand where they sell ham sandwiches or something. I don't fully understand the end. But <laughs> it's a lovely story about friendship. And <laughs> the video was amazing because there was, they're singing this song and there's choreography. And in the choreography, the zombie dead Earl is doing choreography. It's unhinged, but it's beautiful. And I need you to picture me as a five-year-old, literally a five-year-old walking around the house going, Earl had to die. And I loved it. I sang it constantly. I'm sure my mother was concerned. Probably. But I feel like that was just an example of what happened all the way up to about 2001 with that era of country music. And I appreciate it. I feel like it ended with 9-11. Ooh. Well, because most country music after that became very page. And I'm not saying it's bad. No. It just became different. It's not what I'm talking about. So it was like 2001 was sort of the end of that that era, if you will, do, for you, me. do you know what happened because of 9-11? Hmm. I mean, a lot. But... A lot. Uh, My Chemical Romance. Did you know that? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm a fake fan. What? Yeah. And did you know that My Chemical Romance is the reason why What's-Her-Face wrote Twilight? Stephanie Myers? Yeah, Stephanie actually, Myers actually wrote Twilight because of My Chemical Romance. Yeah, I actually did know that. And then because of Twilight, Fifty Shades. Yeah, we... Yeah. We're not really going to talk about that beyond no. this. But I was just saying that I feel like that was the end of the that phase of country music. That and I it turned think. more patriotic. When it, was, it went on a different trajectory. I'm not saying all the patriotic was bad. Some of it was very good. But that really dominated and set them on a different path, I think. So, but, so music changed. Music makes you lose control. Duh. Anyways, so would you like to know the one of the biggest things for you? For me? That came out in 2001. Hit me, I'm open. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Yep, that, it. that came out in 2001 in the U.S. Yeah, it did. Also known as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, in, in England. Um, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Good for them. Good for the Fellowship. Good for the Monsters, Inc. Oh, I love Monsters, Inc. It's nice. It's all right. <laughs> that's that's all right. I mean, I don't know. It's fine. But what really is going to draw this in altogether? Yeah. Bring us, bring us back. We said we were talking about weight. Shrek. Circle us. Shrek. Shrek. Which, if, I mean, if you haven't watched Shrek, you need to watch Shrek. Yeah, Jesus Shrek Christ. is love. Shrek is life. Hey also, now. if you've if you've never watched that YouTube video, go onto YouTube and type in Shrek is love. Shrek is life. You will and it, not be disappointed. It will change your life. And there's multiple episodes of yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry. Don't you, worry. You can keep watching. Entertainment for hours. For hours. And forever you will be changed. Anyway, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Shrek. Shrek. It is about a princess who falls in love with an ogre. Yep. So what does that mean? Weight doesn't fucking matter. Yep. Also, she's an ogre. She's an Spoiler ogre. Spoiler alert. Oh man, you Again, just ruined it for the listeners who haven't watched seen Shrek. Shrek. You should get out of here. <laughs> this isn't the show for you. You know what I mean? Like you're too young for us. We're two onions over here. Yeah, so many layers. Mm-hmm. I can't do that accent. No, I can't either. Anyway, I'm not even gonna try. I'm glad you embarrassed yourself, not me. 
That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Nothing left to lose. I have nothing left to live for. Ooh, same. Anyways, Shrek. Shrek. Came out in 2001. Is just body positivity. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is. It was one of the first things that I remember them going against the cookie cutter mold of like Prince Charming. Yes. Princess. Mm-hmm. With them waists that don't exist. So, yeah, it's a good point. Because she's an ogre, too. And... Well, she wasn't an ogre. She was... She is a princess. And, uh... Had a curse put on her. Oh, yeah, that's right. That she turned into an ogre at night. And the only thing that can break the spell is true love's kiss. I also turned into an ogre at night. I just stam. Duh. Just Duh. Never change. Duh. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, so... So but, she... If she fell in love with Prince Charming, she would never be an ogre again. But on this, you know, trip to go into Lord Farquaad's... Uh, Fuckwad. Lord Fuckwad's Come on, castle. that's what they meant. <laughs> I see through you, Pixar. No, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Sorry, I see through you, DreamWorks. Oh, we know what was happening We there. know. There's a lot it. of things yeah. in the Shrek Going movies. Going back and watching anything as an adult is like, wow, they really did this for us. They really did. They yeah. they make movies for kids, but they really help the adults They know that adults them. have they to know sit adults. there and watch it. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so you know, brought her to Lord Farquaad. That was the whole point because he's a tiny little man that can't do it himself. Mm-hmm. And in that time, in that travel, in that fun, you know. Adventure. Adventure. Falls in love with Shrek. Yeah. And true love's kiss, she stays an ogre. Because it works. Because love is more important. And it's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside and that counts. was she just as beautiful as an ogre? Yes. I'd say yes. Yeah. I'd say yes. More cushion for the pushing. Hell yeah. Get in my swamp, Fiona. Um, But yeah, uh, I think that's a good point. That's a good way to tie it in. Like, there was uh, something body positive that happened in the midst of a lot of not body positive. Yeah. In that in that time America's frame. Next Top Model. Oh my God. Like, when when they would say that any of those models were fat, me in my little chubby body. Yeah. I was just like, then who the fuck am I? Yeah. I'm sitting here like a whale. Yeah. I am whale. I, I am whale. whale. I got Jonah in my mouth and he's going to go through my blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. So like, yeah, it's as like- a child seeing on TV, anorexic women yeah. essentially very very thin very very thin low waist openly jeans. talking about that. we're not just saying like oh you're interested they like openly, openly spoke about how they didn't eat and how they couldn't eat and how it had created a disordered eating pattern in their life so many women who were in, in that time in the spotlight had eating disorders yeah. and are very open about it jeanette mccurdy yeah. i just i just listened to her book Glad my mom died. Mm-hmm. And she went into detail yeah. about, she she did all of it. She struggled with anorexia. She struggled with bulimia. She she struggled with binge eating. Like literally every single thing that you could possibly, eating disorder have, yep. she struggled with. Yep. Not- because, well, one, her mom. Right. But that's a whole, like, I recommend reading Jim McCurdy's book. It was, it was great. Yeah. Um, but just being a kid 
in the media at the time, like, what was it? Hillary Duff was told on um, when she was Lizzie, Lizzie, um, Lizzie McGuire, she needed to lose weight because yeah. she was too chunky. Yeah. You hear I'm like, she was a normal um, kid. Oh, what was the Raven Simone? Like, you remember that episode of That's So Raven? Oh, yeah. Where she resigned that dress and they were like, we're not really looking for your body type. Yeah. Like, so there was that. Um, there's so many. Like, I can't even. Um, it was in. Oh, my God. What I think in Clueless, like, Brittany Murphy was, like, the fat friend. Brittany Murphy has never, well, she's RIP, but, like, she's never fat. She was she never just, fat. But that's what we got. We got that, like. What was what was that one movie that came out on Netflix, I think, that was about the ugly fat friend? What was it called? Duff? Yes. That was she a real was, movie. It wasn't just Netflix. Oh, okay. It was literally the Duff. For, the designated ugly fat friend. Yeah, what the fuck? I was the designated ugly fat friend. I mean, I don't think I was. But the thing is, though, well, I mean, I think I'm cute. But I was, I, my friend in middle school, high school, college for the most part, very, very tiny. very, yeah. But the thing is, though, she ate more than I did. And it just, you know, sucks because that was just her metabolism. That was just her genetics. And that's fine. She, tiny, like double zero genes. Yeah. And here I am at the time, size 14. And I thought I was like a whale compared to her. But that's what I'm saying. That so I was the designated ugly. I was the duff in our friendship for years. The totally just just like morphed and crazy view that we had of what it meant to be quote unquote fat, what it meant to be overweight, what it meant to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Like that beauty and thinness. Is not synonymous. No, but it was. That's it was. what was barreled into our brains yeah like people like when they're just like oh i look fat and they're like you're not fat you're pretty that shouldn't no that shouldn't be coming out of your mouth like who says just because you're fat means you can't be pretty have you ever heard um you're you have such a pretty face i i got that a lot such a pretty face Mm -hmm. and it's like okay so that's it yeah Yeah. or like if you just lost a few pounds You'd be beautiful. What the fuck? I am beautiful. Okay. I'm also fat. Like it just, but it's been a journey, but I did a little, um, a little research. Okay. A little research. So searchy search. Yeah. You remember 17 magazine, mm-hmm. big one for teenagers, especially around that, like millennial our millennial mm-hmm. peak between 1992 and 2003, mm-hmm. there was a total of almost 300- 266 body related articles in that magazine and they break it down by year and 2001 is a big one. And then the late night, I mean, there's just, you know, 25 third, like there's a lot. Yeah. And that was so much of the, how you, you found your worth and how you sort of navigated the world as a girl, as a woman was like your body and specifically your size. Mm hmm. And it's, I mean, well, like back, back in the day, well, this is still a problem today. Most stores do not carry plus sizes, right? It is very hard to find clothes in a lot of places for plus size women. Right. And I mean, prior to now, like back when I was, what I thought was large, like I could, I could, I never had problem finding it's now that I am technically considered plus size that I'm having problems finding clothes. Yeah. And it's it's hard because 
um, like for the longest time, like Victoria's Secret didn't carry anything over a large. Yep. Abercrombie and Fitch didn't carry anything over a large. You know, it's back then harder to find larger clothing. Yep. But now it's still difficult. But like, you know, I remember being, you know, a teenager and a, a tween or whatever, like 11, 12, whatever. And even when I wasn't, I mean, I was, al- I've always struggled with mm-hmm. my weight. I've always been a little heavier. I've always, you know, I developed really early as well. So I had like big old boobs and I was like nine. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and I've just always been kind of that, that, that's my body type. I'm mm-hmm. a little thicker, you know, I'm a little bigger by nature. I'm I don't think, yeah, I'm, I don't think I could ever be like heroin chic unless I did heroin, which I don't really want to do, you know? So I don't think that would ever be my reality, no matter what my weight was. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, a cousin and we grew up together and she was very small, very thin and, and, so having that direct contrast was always very hard. Like we'd go into a Victoria's Secret and she'd get all her stuff. And I was sitting there as a 11 year old with like almost double D's already. And they don't sell them. And by the way, they're quote unquote double D's. No, not. no, 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 no. Those are C cups at best, my guy. Those are not. Well, my problem with Victoria's Secret is I don't have boobs and they don't have bras for small boobs. So they're again, both ends of the spectrum. Both ends of the spectrum. You don't well, get any. Well, you don't normally see fat girls with no boobs. You so see it's just all like to see. Things. Well, it's not often. I see it quite often. I think, really? I genuinely think this is maybe the core of the problem. We've been sold as like, excuse me, there are a very set number of body types. Yeah. And that is just not true. Yeah. There are people who look all different kinds of ways. There are all different kinds of Everyone holds their weight in different places. Exactly. I know plenty of people who are plus size, who are over whatever, and who have a smaller chest or who are a petite build, like they have smaller shoulders and, mm-hmm. you know, or I know people who are like me, who are more like they carry their weight very evenly and have a larger chest or whatever. And then people like me who stomach and that's it. Sure. People, I got small arms. I got small legs. I got no are, boobs. All kinds of body types and they all occur in relative, I'd say relatively the same amount of, like, it's just people look certain ways. Yeah. But we've been sold as, here are the three body types that you can be acceptably as a woman. And guess what? Not one freaking person fits into those body types by nature. Now, if you put in silicone and Photoshop, I'm sure you can achieve some miraculous things. But nobody actually fits those molds. And those molds were created by men. All of this is created by it. men. Thanks, guys. But yeah, that's, that's I think, what a lot of it comes down to. It's like we've been sold this very idealized version of what a woman looks like, and none of it is based in reality. No. And it's caused a lot of people to have complexes about how they look and their weight and their appearance in general. If you're listening to 30, Dirty, and Dying, where we might not be flirty or thriving, but we're 30 and trying. Keep listening and check out all our episodes on life, love, death, and more. And weight we is are. not equivalent. It's not equivalent to your worth. No. And that's something that I have been struggling a lot with. Yeah. Especially recently. Yeah. Well, tell us. Well, I mean, just like you, like I've struggled like with weight like my entire life. Like I have always been bigger and 
I mean, I wouldn't even say that it's because like eating habits or anything specifically. Like, I mean, from a young age, I've been on diets because I thought I had to, mm-hmm. you know, you got your lean cuisines, mm-hmm. you got your smart ones, you got all of slim fast, slim fast. How- much of a chokehold that had on society for years slim fast was the thing i remember i had to have slim fast right and so like at a young age like diet culture has like obviously been a thing for me and it wasn't until i mean i was a little bit older that like i actually started um I would say it was for myself, but like, you know, I wanted double to, to feel worth something, I guess. And like I did, I, I worked really hard. Like I was going to the gym like four days a week and like I lost a lot of weight and I felt better about myself. So my my weight therefore became my worth. Right. And then um, I found out I had Crohn's and I was put on steroids and I gained all the way back plus more. Mm -hmm. So at this point in my life, I am the biggest that I've been in my entire life. Like again, always struggled, lost. I met my goal weight. Like I set myself like, I, I mean, 180 was around the weight that I was like in high school and stuff. Like, so nothing like size 14, 16, like honestly, I would consider anything like 10, 12, 14 average. Yeah. At this point. It is. It, it is. actually statistically is. Yeah. Between like 14 and 20, I think, is the average size that most women in America wear. So I I got down to like a size 10 and I was like 145. That was my goal weight. That is where I, according to BMI, was not obese anymore. It was when I was 145. Yippee. I was no longer. I was normal. Mm-hmm. But once I hit 146 obese yeah right so like right on that fine line right so like i finally like i hit that but like i I mean i was happy too because like i was running i was doing 5ks like i was i felt better though yeah sure so like i it it was i was feeling better i was doing more things i was more active and like i was actually feeling better about myself not just because of i was smaller and like fit into small clothes but also because like i was actually healthier combination a combination of things and then you know you know, steroids happen and not just that, but then at the, at that time was also COVID. Right. So I was inside, I was kind of depressed about everything that was happening and spiraled. So like, yeah, part of it was steroids, but the other part of it was I wasn't going out. I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting, I was just eating mm-hmm. and I could have had more self-control and I might not have gotten to the point I am at, but in the grand scheme of things, it just happened. Yeah. And now I don't feel like I'm worth it anymore. And like, I, I tell myself all the time, I'm just like, if I didn't have Mike, I wouldn't find anyone who would want me now. I know, yeah, it's-, it's And like, I, I think Mike's just gonna leave because I don't look pretty anymore. I'm not the wife that he married. Yeah. It's, but that's the kind of stuff that we've had like barreled into our heads our whole lives, you know? And I think if we had not had certain influences and things happen, I very much doubt that that's the way we would think about things. No, I probably wouldn't. I've felt similar ways. I've thought similar things, but then it's like, I think to myself, 
why do I think this? And especially because you mentioned, you know, I've, I see, I see like Gen Z and these doing so much more in like the body positivity movement mm-hmm. that is actually body positive. Yeah. And I love to see it. You know, I love seeing it. I love to see like, like Lizzo doing all this awesome stuff. And I love to see everybody on TikTok being so unapologetically like who they are. Yeah. And, and not afraid out. to like, wear clothes that show their fupa. Yeah, and like, like film and, from the neck down or like do these things that have been a struggle. And I think a lot of us, I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I, I feel like maybe other people can get this too. Like, I love seeing it. I'm yeah. like, I watch it and I'm like, yeah. It makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, it does. I'm just like, oh, I don't feel as shitty right now it because does. I see someone who pulling off an outfit and I'm just like, you look real good and, and you are confident that. and I want that. And but then I'm, I wear it and I'm like, oh, I'm ugly. But that's what exactly what I'm saying. When I'm scrolling through, right, and I see people all shapes and sizes uh-huh. wearing, you know, lingerie, swimsuits, beautiful Crop outfits. Tops. And not one moment when I pass them do I think, oh, she looks big. Oh, he no. looks big. I think, you look beautiful. Yeah. That looks amazing. And yeah. I also don't think, wow, how brave. Because, no. oh my God, how much do we hear that shit with oh, like yeah. anybody who wasn't a size zero if they went out and they got pictures in In Style magazine or something was America Ferrero looking brave out in the- No, a, she just looks good. Yeah, she just looks great. And she's wearing pants that she probably wants to wear. Why don't you buzz off? But like, <laughs> I don't think that at all. I'm not no. like, wow, how brave are you? I'm like, you look beautiful. I love this and you're fantastic. And I want to bring that same energy. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I do. But then there is that little voice in my head that's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You're fat. You're too fat. You People will say all the things you're not saying about these people, people will say about you. Yeah. And do I give a fuck? Not really. Like, come come up to me and say you're fat to my face. You think I don't know that? You think you can hurt my feelings, Brad? I, mm, you know what I mean? You can't. <laughs> you can't. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt me. My self-worth and esteem at the core are not shaken. Yeah. However, for even just a split second, my own thoughts about what will happen, not what actually happens, not yeah. what Brad actually says, my own thoughts, like how you, they get me and mm-hmm. they get me in these places of like, you can't. And I feel like so much of it comes from, as millennials, as millennial women specifically, I feel like we have a very specific history with, weight mm-hmm. and diet culture that I'm sure others have shreds of, but we really got we really got slammed. The influx with it. of the internet, of reality TV, of of you know, tabloid magazines changing what their their content was. Like the rise of the people like the Kardashians and like can low rise jeans and low, like and people want those back and then us millennials are like keep our high waisted please I'll never wear jeans again please let us have high waisted jeans but it has really affected our views of a lot of things so it does it triggers us it does yeah it's it's somewhat triggering I would say in a way because it just it it awakens these things exactly. that have been part of our reality for too long mm-hmm. like I don't I don't remember a time. And we've talked, I have a pretty good memory. I remember a lot of my childhood. I don't remember much. I do. And I don't remember a time that my weight was not a conversation. Yeah. Was not thought of, was not something that I was forced to think about 
whether directly or indirectly. And I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, kind of like how you said, I've, I've always struggled. I've always ebbed and flowed. Times have been bigger than others. I really thought I was a, a beached whale when I was a size 16 in mm-hmm. high school. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm like the biggest I've ever been. I've been around the same size for a few years now, but it's, it's, it's the biggest I've ever been. I've not tried to lose weight necessarily. Um, and I've had a, a complicated relationship with it at this point in my life. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, like I said, it's always been something that's been thrust onto me. Mm-hmm. I don't know from my mother, from all the other women in my life, from society. And I don't think that our mothers and grandmothers and sisters and stuff were intentionally like, let's call them fat. No. I don't think that. But it was so ingrained in all of us. Like, my mom and my family and my, like, I've, I grew up, grew up around a lot of women, like, always on a diet. Mm-hmm. Always on some kind of fad diet. Like, one of the things that, when I was doing research for this that came out in 2001, was one of Suzanne Summers' Fat Buster book things got released. And we had that book on the shelf. I remembered that cover. And, like, Atkins. 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 The me- I the first time I remember doing the quote unquote Mayo Clinic diet, which is when you eat like half a cup of cottage cheese, Ugh. and I I mean it's it's this I've seen it a hundred places. I was like in elementary school, and a, a child should not be doing that. Yeah, and it's like I, thinking about it now feels wild. Like like yeah, you shouldn't allow your child to eat like fast food every day no. and like set them up for weight issues, but like. If you if you're giving your kid three normal meals a day, yeah, then they are fine. Well, and I think, and this is where it, I feel like it gets tricky because it's like we wanted to say, and I'm sure there were moms and sisters and people out there who were narcissistic and terrible about it. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but I think there were others, like maybe in my experience, where it's like maybe you, you just want them to be healthy, but the idea of quote unquote health. Had, was so interlaced with diet culture. Mm-hmm. You weren't healthy unless you were on a diet. Yeah. And like, we didn't even understand what food meant or was or nutrition. No. I feel like until like 2015. Well, even now <laughs> I don't. Like, yeah. sp- specifically for me, because like y- we grow up. Yeah. With this diet culture in our head telling us what is healthy and what is not. You should eat salads. You should eat multi-grains you should eat all of this stuff but carbs are bad fruit you can't eat because sugar it's fucking fruit you know what i mean it's one of the healthiest things for you veggies and and for me now i can't because health is individual what is quote-unquote healthy for one person is is not necessarily healthy for another can cause a a crohn's flare yeah if i eat too many vegetables if i eat multi-grain if i eat nuts and beans if i eat things that have been ingrained in us as healthy, that will actually hurt me. Yeah. So it's so like now, which I think is why I've struggled like for the last two years, like, yes, I did gain weight, but I think I've struggled the most with it because I don't know what to do. Yeah. How do I diet if I can't eat what is healthy? Well, and then it's like, should you even diet or should you just eat healthy? But then what is that? But what is that? What is that for me? That's what I'm saying. I can't eat most vegetables. Eating healthy was like eating Atkins. Yeah. Which is not realistic to do as your overall diet. And I know there's going to be some people 
who were like, I've only eaten boiled chicken every day for the last seven years. I'm sorry you have no joy in your life. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. But like... Everything is in moderation. Yes. And that was no part of the conversation. No part of the conversation. And the the diet industry was so ingrained in everything that like there was no honest conversation about what nutrition and and how medical health and food and that relationship happened it was all surrounded around diet culture mm-hmm. health healthy was diet and that doesn't make any sense but it was what got sold to us so now yeah we don't know i don't know i don't, I don't know. know you know i don't know i don't know do you know? I, I don't, don't I don't know. know. It's worse for me for than you. What words? It's worse for me than it is for you. Because yeah, you have a specific condition where diet is a big part of it. You're di- not dieting. Well, not diet. Diet. Yeah. Like and I I have I have yet to truly figure out what works best for me. Right. And it's hard. And we've this is something we talked about when we we touched on it in a previous episode, I think. But the idea of health is so interesting, too, because people just assume that you see someone who is who is overweight and they're not healthy. Yeah. And health is not necessarily reflected by size. No. And you were saying, like, I'm not um, thin and healthy. But then it's like, on another hand, you have a chronic disease that was not under control. And now you're under control. You've got the right medications. You're figuring it out. So you are healthier. In but, a different aspect. Right. But then again, it's like it can't be a direct reflection. Like, just because you're a different size now doesn't mean that you're not healthy. Yeah. It's a different aspect of your health that has been, you know what I mean? Well, I think, I think too, like, when I did lose all of that weight, it was partially because I couldn't eat. Right. Like, it, I mean, it got worse with time. It got to the point, obviously, that I was fed up with it. And I'm like, I need to get help. And that's when I found out that I actually did have Crohn's. But... I like when I ate, I started to get a pain in my stomach and then I stopped eating. Right. So like I hadn't finished. I I hadn't felt full for years. I just I physically had to stop eating because it hurt. Right. So that did help with me losing weight. But in its own way, that is like disordered eating. It was a disordered eating. You didn't have an eating disorder. Yeah. But to be able to to not eat, to not feel pain, created a pattern where you weren't eating what I enough. needed to. You didn't eat yeah. to be what actual food is for. Yeah. So like that in its own way. It was not healthy. No. But I lost weight and therefore I was good. Right. You I know? Mean, and so many things can lead to people losing weight. I know people who have lost weight, who've lost a lot of weight and are as unhealthy as they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I'm not... A lot of things you hear right now about like the 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 pushback to things like body positivity and the idea of fat phobia is you just want an excuse. You want to promote obesity and you just want an excuse to be fat and lazy and not listen. Just because you're fat doesn't mean you're lazy. And it doesn't mean that you're not healthy. It doesn't mean that you overeat. It might. But I it don't, doesn't necessarily. I, don't, I genuinely do not believe I eat that much. I know that I don't. Now, listen. I have days. Sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, if I go to Taco Bell, I'm not just getting one thing. No. Like, they're... But I'm also not getting Taco Bell all the time. Exactly. Exactly. I choose things, you know? It's very normal, and it's not always, like, somebody has to be a chronic overeater and not... It doesn't always mean that. And even if it does, like, you don't get to decide how somebody's life should go. But... 
it's just such a crazy argument to me because it's like by existing in a certain size and shape and and state of being you're pissing people off we're pissing people off and we're promoting something that doesn't make any sense like you can't sit there and tell me that lizzo is out of shape when she is on stage she is dancing her ass off she is singing and playing the flute yeah what the, that takes a lot what of breath skinny control. person can do that I, I don't know i haven't seen someone play the flute since jethro tall i don't know what that exactly. is exactly but Lizzo's killing it. Yeah. She she is a plus size woman and she is super active and she is, goes crazy on the stage, dancing, doing crazy things, playing the flute, singing all at the same time. Yeah. That is, she is active and I would consider that part she's healthy. Extre- she's clearly healthy. Yes. In at least some capacity. In some capacity. And look, and this is where, you know, personally, I realize I could be healthier. Yeah. Okay. But I at could this too. point in my in my life and in my mindset, don't know how much of it has to do with my weight. If I knew I was healthier and I didn't lose one pound, I feel like I would be okay with that mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I don't know, it's a weird place to get to because I've had to think about and and be forced to think about my weight and size and all of these th- and diet and diet being synonymous with health and all those things for my entire life. Since I was a small child. And I was not like morbidly obese as a small child. No, I was heavier. I was. I gained See, weight. See, when had, we when we met, I didn't even think you were. Well, at that point, I had lost some weight, but I, I, I thought I was fat. I thought I was heavy because like that had been barreled into mm-hmm. my head. Well, my, my whole life, my grandma got me Dance Dance Revolution, so I would get up. Yeah, and like there was one time um, when I was uh, with Bob. One mm. of the breakups, Yikes. I didn't, I was depressed and I was, like wasn't eating. Yeah. Right. And then like I had lost some weight like after like that had happened and grandma's like, you're not jiggling when you walk. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I mean, my Thanks, mom, grandma. My mom said I love all kinds too. of stuff to me. My my family said all kinds of, and, and, and I know I, it wasn't out of balance. No. But it's. Absolutely not. They had it in their heads too. Like I genuinely believe, my mom always said, it's not, I don't care about you. I want you to be healthy. Yeah. And I believe that she believed that. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that, again, her view of that was so marred by everything she'd probably gone through as well. I think it's because of so much that they had put into their brain. So I think she meant that. And I think in some ways it was true. And yeah, I had some health things and she got to the bottom of it and everything. But there was so much of a focus on the weight thing. The fact mm-hmm. that I weighed in and did that. Ooh. Yeah. To a little kid, to a little girl especially. Yeah. It is. It sounds bananas now. And it's, I, for me personally, like I got to a point where I've said this in multiple episodes. I had a, a very hard mental moment in... When I was about 20 and part of that, that's about when I, I gained weight mm-hmm. around then. Now, some of it, I was in college, you hear freshman 15, freshman 50, who can't be able to everybody's different. Um, <laughs> but so some of it, I'm sure was just the normal, like you're on your own, you gain some weight, you don't know. But a lot of it for me at that moment, I was really struggling and I was struggling to control anything in my life. Mm-hmm. And that takes so much control and energy and mindset in the way that we've been taught to think about it. Like you can't eat a meal. You can't drink water without thinking about the diet aspect of everything. Mm -hmm. And I just was not in a good place. And 
it, this isn't a like emotional eating thing. This is a, I was losing control of so many things in my life and it took everything for me to hold on to the little bit of control to like, just do the normal things you have to do. Get yeah. out of bed, mm-hmm. go to school, go to work. Uh, Eat. Yeah. I, other things and other details of that, not going so hot. I'm just doing bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So I I think part of me somewhere in my brain knew like you've got to let go of some things and you, you've got to not control certain things or you will, you'll push yourself to the edge even faster. And I was already going there if I tried to hold on to too much control in my life because I was absolutely spiraling. Mm-hmm. And my weight was what dieting and, and that kind of was just like, I just let it go. I was like, I don't, I can't, I can't deal with this. And I didn't. And some people would say, oh, well, it was bad because you gained weight. And maybe that's true. But you know what? I didn't kill myself either. And I know that sounds extreme, but it's not. If you can understand where I was, it's not. And I genuinely think, I know, I'm not saying this is why people develop certain things, but knowing my own situation and my own personal life at that point, I think if I had tried to hold on to it, I would have certainly developed an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. hands down. And I don't think I could have dealt with something else on top of what I was already dealing with at that time. Yeah. Like it would have gone very bad and even worse. So am I quote unquote glad I got fat? I don't know. Probably not. But am I glad that I had some level of insight, even through that mental health crisis, to prioritize and compartmentalize what I was doing in my life to hold on to what little bit of sanity I had left. Yeah. And I do it again. And I don't fucking care. And I do it again. I do it again, man. And it's like, so then fast forward to now where I'm, it's kind of like you said, I'm biggest size I've ever been. I've been this way for a while. I think about losing weight and all these things. And I'm trying to reframe how I think about it mm-hmm. to be more health based. But then when I get into those like spaces of self-loathing and I don't have a huge problem with my self-esteem. So those those feel extra bad for me when I get into them because it's not my norm. I've always been like grossly confident. It's weird. Um, <laughs> like almost arrogant. Like I'm almost like shut up. But like I think about my life, especially in a contrast to the life I just described Mm -hmm. when I was like, I didn't, I don't know if I would have known that I would be here today. And I think about my life and it's like, I have someone in my life who I love and not like finding a man is any part of this, but I just mean I found somebody that I love and who loves me. And I, if I believed in soulmates, it'd be this dude. Like, it's a really good relationship. I'm happy. And I feel like this is my forever relationship. And I have it. And I have a, a good life. And I have a good relationship with friends and family and things that, again, I, I didn't know that I'd have 10 years ago. I've always wanted to write a book. And I wrote one. And it's going to be published. And all of these great things are happening in my life. And I'm supposed to feel bad and like my life is bad and a failure because I'm fat. I can't, can't. you know, that doesn't make any sense. I can't. My life is good. I have good things. I'm struggling in other ways, sure. But I just, I've I've gotten to a point where I I feel like I'm finally shaking that hold it's had over so many of us Mm -hmm. about our 
our life and our self-worth. Like I'm supposed to be unhappy and hate myself and not want to celebrate my life because I'm fat in the midst of all that. I doesn't square. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. And wow, maybe this doesn't matter as much as they've always told us it matters. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm in the midst of the opposite. Really? Well, I mean, as we've discussed previously, like this, this kind of part of my life, like I've been struggling mentally Mm -hmm. and does that have to do with my weight partially, but also just everything that's been going on in my life. Like I feel like I don't feel like I don't want to wake up in the morning. Like every day is exactly the same. Right. I get up, I go to work, I come home, I go to bed. Like it just is what it is. And there's not anything like, yeah, I'm, I love my husband and like, I love things that we do together. We go on cruises. Like we have things that we do. It's not that like, I don't do anything. Like I do things that with Mike that, you know, is fun, but like, I don't have anything separately of myself Mm -hmm. that brings me joy. Right. Like I do things with him. Like he's been gone for the weekend and I did nothing. I cleaned and I watched almost an entire season of Grey's Anatomy. Well done. So like, but like other than that, I, I, I for myself do not have anything that brings me joy. So it's easy to, to just fall into nothing and to, and my weight makes it worse. Makes you feel worse? Yes. It makes me feel worse because one, I don't have anything that like I'm enjoying. And then I, I look at myself and what I've become and it upsets me. Do you think it upsets you because we've been hammered in so much? Like this is. It's part of your worth. This is your worth. This is what Mm -hmm. makes you pretty, fun, happy. How could you be happy if you're fat kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So then when you are struggling, it's. It just takes Your brain goes there. Like because this. Well, I don't think. Not like just because this, but. If not for this, it might be better. Yes. That, that, is that kind of what happens? Yeah. I think that's, I think we can, a lot of us can relate to that, especially. It's, I'm in my rut. Yeah. I'm in a rut. I've been in the rut. And in some ways I'm still in a rut. I, you know, I still, I'm not saying like I was, I, clearly we would not have called this podcast 30 Dirty and Dying <laughs> if I was like, my life is fantastic. <laughs> I don't mean that. Um, but I'm saying when I, tr- when, when I've been able to get into the deep thought of it, mm-hmm. I've been like. You see where those things don't stand up, but I see what you mean in that if you're really struggling and you're in a hard place, it doesn't help. It's easy to fall back. Hey everyone, it's Tyler Witkowski, the publisher at Tea with Coffee Media. Tea with Coffee Media is a team of indie authors, designers, and editors who have a goal of helping indie authors make their dreams become a reality. Our modest press has aspirations to help as many indie authors succeed as possible. Not only do we offer publishing services, and yes, we are open for submissions, but we offer editing, marketing, and book cover design services at an affordable price to all indie authors. Visit us online at teawithcoffee.media to learn more about our services. I guess I guess sort of the the bookend of the conversation is just where do where do we go from here? How do we see ourselves viewing body positivity, diet culture, weight, self image, 
really. I mean, it boils down to self-image. Self-image. You know, because you get to the side of, of 30 and a lot of things about your your body, your person, you, you change. Mm-hmm. So it's this is just one aspect of it. I mean, I think it's really good that there's a lot of body positivity happening. Yeah. Like with the younger generation. Like, I think that's really great that they they have that compared to what we had. Yes. So, oh. like, knowing that their generation isn't going to be as bad, like, there's always going to be yeah. some type of diet culture. There's always going to be body image. There's all what you see in the media, in movies, like, what they consider, like, the hot person that gets all the, the guys. That's yeah. just how it always is and for my whole life probably will be. Yeah. In some capacity. In some capacity, that's just how it's going to be. And, I mean, I'm happy that the younger generation has more positivity and has more confidence Mm -hmm. than we were able to have. Yes. Um, I mean, I guess for me, or for any millennials listening to this that struggle with body image, that is struggling with their weight and doesn't know what to do, I think... You just have to work on your mental health and reframe what you find is good for yourself. Yeah, I think that's key. The reframing. You have to. So you have to reframe like what's good for you. Reframing it is so hard for I think our generation for all the reasons that we've said. And I don't think I would if I had not been able to do at least some of the reframing. And I still got a lot of it to go. But and I'm glad to see that. Hopefully that's not happening as high of prevalence as it was, was then. Yeah. You know, I hope that other little kids, especially little girls, weren't having to do that or feel like that mm-hmm. quite so early, if at all. Hopefully not at all, but at least not while you're like still in elementary school. No. Because that's what I had to deal with. And it's... It still hurts a little bit, you know, even though it's been so long and it, I, I realized how much it did affect me now mm-hmm. when you're just going through it then. I, what really stood out to me, um, in Janem, I'm going to bring Janem McCurdy back into this. Heck yeah. Uh, cause I just read it. So yeah. it's, it's on my mind, Fresh. but whenever she was, I want to say 11, I, I'm not a hundred percent on this, um, she was like growing, like she was, you know, hitting puberty, developing, develop, developing as like a young, a young girl. Yeah. And it, she like freaked out about it because like her mom had it in her head that she had to look young and have this childlike body to book roles as a child, as star. a child. Yeah. So oh. like she had this in her mind. So like when she started like developing, she was like, mom, how do I get this to stop? And her mom was like, well, let me tell you about calorie restricting. Yeah. As like an 11-year-old. Yep. Right? And like she goes on to say that like they shared like a Nutrisystem meal. Yeah. That by itself is like 400 calories. It just blows. It's crazy. And again, now that's an example from what I understand that her mom was like awful. Awful. Abusive. Straight up abusive. The, The people that came before us, especially women- who had to live with a lot of that, the body shaming and the probably don't want that for their daughters no. or their granddaughters. So maybe they do things in a way that isn't great, but 
they're just trying to save. And I'm not trying to be an apologist, but I'm saying there's a spectrum. I don't think it's always like straight up narcissistic, terrible child abuse, right? Which that was. That, yeah, the, this Jeanette McCurt, like her mom clearly, but there were so many other things happening. Yeah. I don't think all of our mothers and grandmothers and sisters who did these things and said these things to us are like- Or fathers or brothers. Right. Like, it doesn't necessarily but especially, I feel like especially- It's a very the, focused on women. Yeah, yes. especially in that, that vein. I don't feel like they all did this to be terrible to us. This is a layered issue that has affected so many people for mm-hmm. so long. And it's like the only way it doesn't happen, at least to the same level, is if we have different conversations. Yeah. And we get really honest about the things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it adds some perspective to the conversation. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to, I think. Well, I saw and like I feel like the view of it is again males men have created the standard right so which is why you know everything is the way it is but i saw something on it was probably a tiktok let's be real um where a guy was just like kind of going out on the town like asking like random women like if i lost weight like this bigger guy guy. if i lost weight would you date me and every single woman said i "I would date you now yeah because we it's it's the men's view of weight yeah it's a completely different issue in conversation because mm-hmm. there's so much it's not just weight it's beauty standards mm-hmm. it's it's sexualized it's objectifying yeah it's misogyny it's not just weight appearance fat thin. it's not just that no especially when it comes to how it influences women because it's women because it's just ripe with misogyny and sexism and so many other aspects that affect not cis straight males. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I just there it is. There it is. There it won't. There it is. But yeah, I think I think these conversations are important. I think they're they're layered, and I'm sure there's there's more to say between us. I'm sure we'll end up talking about something like this again in in future seasons. I mean, you know, it's a it's an always developing thing. Yeah, our own journeys. What's happening in the media. Etc. I did start going to the gym. That's good. And not, and here's the thing, like, I know I won't get back to where I was. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I, I will not get down to a size 14. No. Or, I'm well, never going to look like how uh, I looked in high school. At 145, again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wear a size 10. I'm not going to wear a size small shirt. Like, I was trying to, like, hold on to all of those clothes and I eventually was like, I have to be realistic. I did the same thing. And I kept everything large enough. So like all of my medium smalls got rid of them. Everything that could be realistic, I kept. And I, I don't, I don't have a weight goal. Good. I don't have a size goal. I just want to feel better. That's sort of where I'm at as well. Like, and I think that the, the weight, the weighing in, and the size and all of that stuff, I think, is just part of diet culture. And if you do something where you will feel better about yourself, that's what is that's what matters. It, you're right. I think those things perpetuate all of the nasty stuff we've talked about this whole episode. And I'm in a similar place. Like I said, you know, I, I, I know I want to focus on my health more. I, that means a lot of different things for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to approach it that way. I don't have size. I don't have weight. I don't... But I, that's, like, not even part of the conversation for me yeah. right now. It's, like, I know when I'll feel like I'm good. Mm-hmm. And 
like I said, that could have absolutely nothing to do with weight. And that's, that's just for me. And I think it's, I think it's something that a lot of us are dealing with and probably will continue to deal with, but here we are. Make plus size more accessible. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Please. As a whole. Uh, because I'm fat. The fashion industry specific side of this is like such its own. Oh, it's I, so. It, I hate it so much. Yeah. But I hope that this is an episode that at least some people have been able to identify with, have gotten something out of. If this is something you want us to continue to kind of unpack on future episodes, let us know. You know, we're open to having a conversation. We want to be honest and transparent and that's what we're here to do. So I think it's been a good one. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. It's been great. And we'll be back next week with another episode. So stick with us. The end of the season is coming soon. (gasps) So make sure if you're not following us on all the socials at 30 Dirty and Dying altogether you should because there'll be updates you'll know when things are coming to a close when to look out for the next season all that good stuff we're, we're gonna keep going yeah we got more stuff in store we just i have a busy end of september yeah wake us up when september ends am i right or am i right ladies <laughs> ladies <laughs> but thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the flip side bye